It's podcasting time! This is Just Another Jerk, Dispatches from Japan, a podcast about, well, Japan! My name is Jonathan Isaacson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe for those automatic updates, rate and review the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or almost anywhere else you might cast a pod. And remember to share the podcast with your friends, your family, your frenemies, your enemies, your cats and dogs, if they have their own devices. Today, I want to talk about something that just about every foreigner who spends any amount of time in Japan notices, and almost everyone talks and writes about. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. If everyone's already talked about it, what's the point of adding more noise on the topic? Well, deal with it. It's my podcast, and I'll do what I want to do with it. You're not the boss of me. Anywho. So, yeah, today's topic is the good old konbini, a.k.a. convenience store, or as you might pronounce it in English, convenience store. Now, why does everyone talk and write about the konbini? So just as a quick little aside here, in Japan and Japanese, people love shortening everything down to four sounds. So convenience store becomes konbini. Now that really, in Japanese, that's four sounds. Konbini. Konbini. So anyway, aside finished. Why does everyone talk about Japan's konbini? Because they're awesome. Duh. They are way beyond what Americans think of when they think of a convenience store. So for starters, the majority of konbini are not attached to a gas station. Like in the U.S., right? Most in America, maybe yeah, in the big cities, not so much. But if you're out and about, a convenience store is part of a gas station, right? Not so much in Japan. There are gas station convenience store combinations, but they're they're not the majority. In fact, they're a tiny minority. So the other big difference is the variety and the quality. It's so, so much better here in Japan. So, funny little side story about this one time. My wife and I visited the U.S., and we stopped in a 7-Eleven, I think it was, in Chicago. We were just looking for something to drink, which American 7-Elevens are just fine for. Unless you buy the sweetened green tea. That ish is disgusting. Do not put sugar in your green tea, yo. Why on earth does that even exist? Don't do that. Anyway, I think we bought a bottle of Coke and probably some weird flavor of Gatorade. My wife was enjoying the odd Gatorade flavors because that's not a thing in Japan. Gatorade isn't here. So anyway, we were walking up to the cash register and my wife noticed the saddest, pathetic hot dogs ever she'd ever seen sadly rolling around and around on the automated hot dog rollers under the red heat lamp. And after we left, she asked me, how long have those hot dogs been just rolling there? And I had to say that, honestly, I had no idea at all. I'm not even sure that the clerk could have answered that question. And it kind of raises the question, does anyone ever buy those sad rotating hot dogs at a convenience store? I mean, I'm kind of scared to know if you do, but 
If you do, please tell me. I, what do they taste like? They're kind of scary. But yeah, that's kind of where I come from with convenience stores, culturally speaking, right? Sad, rotating hot dogs that no one buys and a place to buy a bottle of Coke and get a candy bar. And that's kind of where convenience stores end in America. And then I came to Japan and found convenience store heaven. There are no sadly rotating hot dogs, at least as far as I've seen in my time in Japan. You can certainly get a bottle of Coke at a konbini, um, as well as hundreds of other beverages. Oddly flavored Coke, you want that? You can probably find that at konbini. Peach Coke, Apple Coke, Strawberry Coke. Those are all things I've seen in Japan. Well, I haven't seen them personally, but I've seen a lot of odd flavors. Those are the ones that came up when I searched. I can't even think of the most recent strange Coke flavors. Pepsi, which is number two in the cola game by a country mile. Heck, it's probably not even, it might not even be number two. It might be three. But Pepsi goes even harder with the odd flavors. Uh, there was a cucumber Pepsi a while back. That was kind of one of the big ones. But yeah, Pepsi, they, they go hard with their weird flavors. And this is actually giving me an idea for another podcast topic. Weird flavors of normal products that are popular in Japan. I mean, the most famous are the Kit Kats. But yeah, there are lots of lots of other things like Coke and Pepsi that have strange flavors that you, you can find in Japan. Anyway, that, that all, all of these odd flavors, all of these normal flavors too, they are all available at your local convenience store. Now that's the, probably the first. Well, Let's okay. Now that's probably the second thing people notice: the selection of items. The first thing that people notice, especially in the big cities, is the ubiquity of convenience stores. They are everywhere. You can often walk down a single block in the big city and see three or four convenience stores. There's probably too many, to be perfectly honest, but that's another issue. As it is, there are nearly. 57,000 convenience stores in Japan. That's one convenience store for every 2,300 people or so. Hokkaido, which I want to come back to later, has the greatest concentration of convenience stores in the country with one store for every 1,800 people. So I think you can see why the ubiquity really strikes people when they come to Japan. So once they go inside... That's when people are struck with the sheer volume and variety of items for sale. Of course, they're all the standard items you might even expect to find at a U.S. convenience store. You know, carbonated drinks like Coke and Pepsi, snack foods, candy and chips, as well as there's also a billion varieties of senbei, which are Japanese rice crackers. Now, when I say rice cracker, don't think like the health food rice cakes that Americans think of a lot of times. Senbei are more or less the rice-based equivalent of a potato chip. They're not healthy because they're made of rice. They are salted and flavored with all sorts of things, just like potato chips. And there are also dozens of kinds of bottled tea, most of them unsweetened. You can find occasionally sweetened uh, black tea, but you'll never find sweetened green tea in Japan. And, of course, there's the canned coffee which is also hugely popular in Japan. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. Don't ask me how it tastes. Um, I hate coffee, so I'm not a good judge of if canned coffee is good or bad, but it's popular. And in the convenience store, there's always the ice cream freezer as well. Um, then you have your prepared foods, right? Your bento boxes, sandwiches, the like. 
Uh, what else is there? Oh, pastries. Yep, you like uh, little cakes. You like little cream puffs. You like eclairs. We got that as well. Uh, fried chicken, very popular at the convenience stores. Not American-style fried chicken, Japanese-style fried chicken, of course, but fried chicken. Uh, nikuman, which are a steamed meat-filled bun, very good. But these, and these, just all kinds of food. And then, of course, there's the liquor. Now, of course, you can get your beer or your canned chu hai, which is, so chu hai is short for shochu highball. Shochu is a distilled Japanese beverage, um, sometimes made from rice, sometimes from wheat, sometimes from potatoes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of a like Japanese whiskey. I mean, it's usually not as strong as whiskey, but again, we're kind of getting off topic. Um, so chu hai was originally a highball made with shochu. So shochu highball, shochu highball, chu hai. Okay, there we go. Um, now canned chu hai are usually made with vodka, maybe sometimes with gin or some other distilled liquor. Uh, vodka seems to be the most common one, and they are everywhere, and they're always cheaper than most other options. And they come in all variety of flavors. Lots of fruity flavored ones. Some are just kind of straight. Um, and yeah, they're, they're very, very popular because they're cheap. Coca-Cola Japan is actually producing their uh, a line of Chuhai that are all lemon flavored. There's four varieties. And they are really good. They're like, if I want to get a Chuhai, that's what I go with. Um, so yeah, beer and Chuhai are readily available at Konbini. As is wine and hard liquor. Not a huge selection of those, but there's plenty enough to have a nice party. And sticking with the adult theme, Konbini is also a great place to pick up your porno mags. Really. Now, Japan has kind of weird laws about pornography. So the magazines in question are all blurred in the naughty bits areas. But the magazines are just sitting there in plain sight, right next to the non-nudie uh, mags. Okay, well, they're not right next to them. There's a little plastic divider marking the nudie mag section as the adult section. It's all a little bit weird. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of refreshing, given the U.S.'s, you know, still pretty puritanical take on sex. Japan's general position is certainly not without its own set of problems, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about convenience stores. By the way, did you notice that? I was talking about attitudes towards sex, and I used the word position, and I refrained from making any comments or jokes about missionary or reverse cowgirl or anything like that. And now I just ruined it. Ha! Oh, well. I do wonder, though, back on the, the previous topic, how well the nudie mags do sell in this day and age with the internet. I mean, after all, it was the puppets on, from Avenue Q who stated so eloquently that the internet is for porn. Um, yeah, even in Japan. I mean, it's obviously the internet is everywhere. But I wonder how those magazines sell this day and age. Hmm. Not sure he'd ask that, who would give an honest answer. But anyway. So yeah, uh, the convenience store is where a lot of people also pick up their non-nudie magazines and manga as well. Um, now, I remember when I first came, you often used to see people just standing around in the convenience stores, reading the latest manga, the, the, the comics, right in front of the magazine rack. And... I think more and more places now sell the monthly manga magazines with the little plastic band on it to prevent this type of behavior. But I remember seeing that all the time when I first came to Japan because the majority of, of manga are not sold in these nice big collections of one story. They're, they're kind of monthly installments of a long-running series. And they're printed on this you know cheap uh, kind of 
it's a very it's a very rough paper. And they come out once a month in these big collections of, you know, 15, 20 stories. And if you're only in- interested in one story, what's the point in buying the whole magazine? Well, so that's why people just stand around and read the one story and then put the magazine back and, and be on their way. And that they say, I, you don't see that as much because they say that they have the, the plastic bands around the, the, the manga magazines now. So, yeah, but that was very common when I came to Japan, you know, 16 years ago. And let's see what else is in convenience stores. There are a lot of other just everyday items. You know, you have your small amounts of things like sugar, salt, soy sauce, and the like. Um, There's some stationery, other sundry office supplies. Uh, AC adapters are actually pretty common as well. So if if your phone adapter dies or you kill it or whatever, you can just run to the uh, convenience store and probably buy a new one in the middle of the night if you need. So really, convenience stores in Japan... They kind of sell a little of everything and make themselves convenient. Now, it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't talk a little bit about the history of convenience stores in Japan. Now, the first convenience store in Japan was opened in 1971 on July 11th. Now, let that sink in for a minute. July 11th. Convenience store. While it would have been just absolutely too perfect... The store was not, in fact, a 7-Eleven, right? July 11th, 7-Eleven. Unfortunately, it wasn't a 7-Eleven. It was a store called Coco Store. So Coco was convenient and comfort. It was written C-O-C-O, which is a little strange for Japanese, but they were using the uh, English words and using the spellings from the English. Normally, Coco would be spelled K-O-K-O, um, and in Japanese, koko is actually a word that means here, as in the present location. Now, this first store, this koko store, opened in Kasugai, which is a city in the Nagoya metro area. And it operated for 45 years. Sadly, well, actually, I'm honestly not sure that it's all that sad. But nonetheless, the store closed in 2016. And while it is a bit of history... It's not as though Japan needs all the convenience stores it has. As I said before, there are something like 57,000 convenience in Japan. You can walk down one block and walk by three, four, five convenience stores. That's not weird. But, yeah, more and more shops have been closing up in the past years, honestly. Um, And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, like I say, Japan, there's way too many. So closing a few not a bad thing, even if there is some history in some of these stores. Now, the original Kombini was not part of a big chain. And in, in recent years, a lot of independent and small chain convenience stores have been closing up shop. Um, and re- there used to be a lot more variety. Even when I first came to Japan, there was a lot more variety in the convenience stores. But now it's essentially down to three big chains. There's Family Mart, 7-Eleven, and Lawson. Unless you live in Hokkaido, and then you also have Seiko Mart. And I promise we'll get back to Seiko Mart because it's awesome. So like I said, when I first got to Japan 16 years ago, there were there were more chains. Not even just the independent little retailers, but like full-fledged uh, convenience store chains. There we go. There's the word I'm looking for. Convenience store chains. So Circle K, Sunkus was another pretty biggish chain. 
Um, but you can say they, they'd already merged at some point, Circle K and Sunkus. Um, but they got bought out, merged, I don't know which it was, with Family Mart. And those names, the Circle K, Sunkus, more or less disappeared by 2018, as best I can tell. Circle K, and yes, it's the same Circle K that you might find in parts of North America, opened in Japan in 1980. Sunkus, which was the other half of that, Sunkus was a wholly Japanese convenience store, which also opened in 1980, here in Sendai, apparently, where I'm recording right now. At some point, those two companies merged before merging again with Family Mart uh, to create the second largest chain of konbini in Japan. Funny story. Well, I guess it's not really a funny story, um, but I'm going to tell it anyway because, like I said, it's my podcast. So a friend of mine, um, when I first came here to Japan, he had worked at Circle K back in the States. Now, this was in Akita, like say, 16, 15, 16 years ago, and there were still Circle Ks in the area at the time. And my friend would occasionally joke about bringing his old uniform over and, you know, putting it on, putting on the shirt, going into a Circle K and posing as some, you know, muckety-muck from the head office in the U.S. He never did it, and I'm not sure what the aim would have been had he done it, but yeah, that was an anecdote with absolutely no point. But like I say, it's my podcast, so I'm going to do what I want to do. So Circle K, Sunkus are no more, having been either turned into Family Marts or just closed entirely. Family Mart itself is, of course, part of some huge giant corporation that A&M'd a whole bunch of other smaller convenience store chains, including the, whole, the old Coco store, the, the original Comini's chain. So the largest chain is 7-Eleven. Yep, that 7-Eleven. But the relationship between the U.S. and the Japanese companies is not exactly straightforward. Well, okay, the, the current relationship between the companies is pretty straightforward. The American company, 7-Eleven, is a subsidiary to the Japanese company, 7&I Holdings, which is Japanese 7-Eleven. But the history is kind of odd. So 7-Eleven started in the U.S., of course, um, started in Dallas as totem stores, because uh, apparently you tote your things home. Okay, it was pretty corny. It was It was a long time ago. Jokes were not as good, but... Yeah, totem stores. They changed the name uh, to 7-Eleven in 1946 to reflect the operating hours. I think most of us Americans are aware of that, that 7-Eleven is because it opened at 7 a.m. and closed at 11 p.m. Obviously, most of them are now 24 hours, so the name doesn't make any sense anymore. But, hey, why not? So, yeah, they changed the name in 46, and the first 7-Eleven in Japan opened in 1974. Presumably someone licensed the name and the logo, or maybe they bought franchising rights or whatever, and opened shop in Tokyo. And it took off like gangbusters. There are now more than 20,000 7-Elevens in Japan. They're in every single prefecture. All 47 prefectures have a 7-Eleven. The largest number of 7-Eleven stores in the world are in Japan. I think there's something like 60,000 some odd stores around the world, and a third of them are in Japan. They're also in Taiwan, I think it was, I saw 7-Elevens. Uh, very similar to a Japanese 7-Eleven, actually, the Taiwanese 7-Elevens. But yeah, 
So there are 20,000 7-Elevens in Japan. And uh, like I say, they're in every prefecture. And so eventually the uh, parent company of all the all the Japanese 7-Eleven franchises. So it, it was at first called Ito Yokado, which was a supermarket department store chain that kind of changed its name to 7&I Holdings, I guess, when they, you know, when they kind of took over the 7-Eleven or 7-Eleven took over Ito Yokodo. I'm not sure which way it went, but they changed their name to 7&I Holdings. You know, I'm, I'm guessing the 7 is from 7-Eleven and the I is from the Ito, from Ito Yokodo. But yeah, anyway, the company owns a whole mess of businesses here in Japan. Like say the supermarkets, the konbini, um, they have the Denny's restaurants in Japan. Yeah, there are Denny's in Japan. It's a very different experience than Denny's in the U.S. So Denny's in the U.S. is kind of, you know, it's kind of bottom of the barrel when you're going for for your, uh, okay, I shouldn't say bottom of the barrel. The Denny's in, that was closest to me when I was going to high school. That was kind of a bottom of the barrel Denny's. But it's where, you know, drunk university students and, you know, high school students who had nothing better to do late at night would end up. Um, but Denny's in Japan, very different experience, kind of at the upper end of of the Denny, of, of the family restaurants. So yeah, Denny's, but it's it, Denny's Japan is part of the whole 7-Eleven conglomerate. Uh, they also ha- have the rights to the Sogo and Cebu department store brands. So yeah, 7-Eleven has department stores. And then in 1990, the Japanese company ended up buying the American company because the American company was forced to, to declare bankruptcy. And since then, Seven and I has also purchased the White Hen Pantry uh, chain of uh, convenience stores in the U.S., um, as well as the convenience store half, the convenience store part of a whole bunch of Sonico gas stations. So yeah, Seven and I Holdings is a huge company. From what I was looking at online, they are the 15th largest company in the world. Um, oh, and they're also the parent company for some banking entities. Like there's a 7-Eleven bank, essentially. Um, that, and that means that the 7-Eleven's uh, ATMs, the, seven, the Japan, Japanese 7-Eleven ATMs, are some of the best for foreigners to use when they are in Japan and need to withdraw cash. So there's your, there's your travel tip. If you are in Japan... And you need to get cash from your, you know, because Japan still uses a lot of cash. Credit cards don't work a lot of places. So if you need to get a cash advance from your credit card, go to a 7-Eleven. Use their their, uh, ATM. You can get a cash advance on your credit card easily in Japan that way. And so the other big uh, player in the kombini game in Japan is Lawson. I know, it's weird, right? All these stores have very un-Japanese names. So the story of Lawson begins in Ohio in 1939. J.J. Lawson had a dairy, kind of hit a shop to sell his dairy products. And that explains the Lawson convenience store logo. If you look at it, it's an old-fashioned milk can, which makes no sense for a convenience store in Japan in 2020. But there is a reason. J.J. Lawson and his dairy milk shop thing. Apparently, old J.J. did pretty well for himself, and his store expanded into something resembling a modern convenience store. Well, modern for, you know, back in the, I'm not sure when it was, maybe the 40s, maybe the 50s. 
Um, but yeah, so his, his, he did well. He expanded into a convenience store type thing. And eventually, his business ended up being part of the Consolidated Foods umbrella, the giant international multinational uh, food conglomerate. And Lawson brand dairy products were being sold all over. Daiye, which is a Japanese company, um, they had a consulting agreement with Consolidated Foods in Japan, and they set up the first Japanese Lawson store in 1975 in Osaka. Now, the first store was kind of an American-themed store, apparently. I mean, I guess they came to an agreement with Consolidated Foods to use the Lawson name to hawk American, or I'm guessing probably faux-American products in Japan. And it kind of grew from there, at some point deviating from the American theme. And now it's just a normal kombini, just like Family Mart or 7-Eleven. And so those are your three big uh the, the, the top three brands that make up the vast bulk of convenience stores in Japan. I mean, there are there there are other odds and ends here and there. Uh, the two I can think of that are kind of national brands are Mini Stop and Yamazaki. Those they they really don't you know. Okay, Mini Stop has a reasonably large you know market share. I mean, reasonable being you know more than one percent. Um, Mini Stop. Um, but there are three mini stops relatively near my house, actually. Um, I go by one on my way home from work, uh, every day. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of big ish, but not really. Their sales are still only a third of those of Lawson, which is the number three of the big three. And Lawson's sales are only half of, uh, Family Marts and 7-Eleven sales are two and a half times bigger than Family Mart's. So you can see 7-Eleven is just this huge convenience store conglomerate in Japan. Yamazaki, the other one I mentioned, they're really just a bit player. Um, Yamazaki is primarily a bread company because, you know, bread companies need their own convenience stores, apparently. Um, I mean, it all goes back to the way Japan, like the way business has developed here with the Zaibatsu. Um, Rather than having, I think let's make sure, get my economics terms correct. So rather than having a horizontal monopoly, the Zaibatsu, the Japanese companies, would go for a vertical monopoly, control everything from the raw materials to the final product, right? Rather than controlling, you know, U.S. steel, controlling all the steel production in the U.S., that's a horizontal monopoly, right? The Japanese companies were going for vertical monopolies, which is why you end up with Mitsubishi making cars, TVs, and pencils, Right, because they were just kind of doing a little of everything, and that and so it makes sense that you know Yamazaki they have bread products. Let's have our own place to sell them in our convenience stores. So it makes some sense in Japan, but again, we're kind of going off off on a little tangent here. Let's come back and talk about Hokkaido. I told you I'd talk about Hokkaido, and I told you I'd talk about the best convenience store in the world. Okay, well I didn't tell you it was the best in the world, but I'm telling you now it's the best in the world. So I recall, this was, I don't remember how long ago, it was quite a while ago at this point, but I was watching TV with my family, and there was a map of Japan showing which convenience store chains had the highest sales by prefecture, and for 46 of the 47 prefectures, it was one of the big three, 7-Eleven, Family Mart, Lawson, and then there was Hokkaido. Hokkaido's favorite convenience store is Seiko Mart. Seiko Mart is almost exclusively in Hokkaido. 
There are a few odd franchises in the Kanto area around Tokyo. There were a couple in Saitama, actually, not too far from where my family lived when we were down in the Tokyo area. We would actually make round trips of over an hour just to go to a convenience store. That's how awesome Seiko Mart is. So Seiko Mart also has its beginnings in the 70s. That was a period when Japan was really kind of moving into its peak. You know, convenience was probably kind of like, it, it, was, a bu- it was kind of a buzzword. People had more time, more expendable time and money. So convenience stores had a good shot of making some waves. So Seiko Mart, the first store, also opened in 1971. So pretty early, you know, because the, remember the first convenience store is also 1971. So Seiko Mart wasn't far behind. By 1975, it had turned into a chain. And now it's the most popular convenience store in Hokkaido. And I think there are a couple reasons for this. One is that Seiko Marts are in a lot of rural communities. So in Hokkaido, if a place is going to have only one convenience store, it's almost assuredly going to be a Seiko Mart. And number two, the number two reason I think Seiko Mart's so popular is that the food that Seiko Mart, you know, that is exclusive to Seiko Mart is usually really, really good. There are a couple items from Seiko Mart that I always crave when we go to visit my wife's family up in Hokkaido. And one of them is the katsudon. So katsudon is a deep fried pork cutlet topped with egg, kind of like a scrambled egg mix on a bowl of rice. And usually there's some onions mixed in there somewhere. You know, and personally, I'll take the Seiko Mart katsudon almost over, you know, over almost any restaurant. It's really that good. Um, the fried chicken they do is also really good. Um, as is their pickled celery, of all things. I know it sounds weird, but pickled celery, it's worth a try, if, at least if you're at Seiko Mart in Hokkaido. They also have a decent wine selection as well. And there are just so many other Hokkaido-oriented foods and drinks. And one more item that I always try to get when I go to Seiko Mart is the custard-filled donuts, which, oh, they are so awesome. They are so, so bad for me. They're so full of sugar and fat and all sorts of things that I shouldn't be eating. But they are so, so good. So, yeah, Seiko Mart. If you ever find yourself in Hokkaido, I know it sounds weird, but you should really make at least one of your meals a Seiko Mart meal. Oh, yeah, just got to give one little shout out for one more tiny, tiny little convenience store chain that's in Hokkaido. I mean, it, it's actually just the, the Hakodate area. Uh, it's called Hasegawa Store. Now, Hasegawa Store at this point is part of the Seiko Mart, you know, family, but they've retained the original name. And the Hasegawa Stores are well known for their yakitori bento. So yakitori bento is a grilled chicken lunchbox. Except that the chicken isn't chicken. It's pork. I'm not sure why that's the case. But, I mean, the name is yakitori, grilled chicken. But everyone knows it's pork. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's made right there in the store, which is also the case with a lot of the uh, the hot lunches at Seiko Mart. Forgot to mention that. So if you go to Seiko Mart, make sure you look for a store with a Hot Chef logo. Definitely worth a meal on a trip to Hokkaido. And that kind of brings me to my last point I want to make about Japanese konbini. Now, Obviously, you wouldn't want to survive on food from a convenience store for too long, but in Japan, 
it really is possible to eat decently only getting food at the convenience stores. There are fresh vegetables. There is fruit. There are healthy drinks like tea and all manner of things. And of course, onigiri. Couldn't go an entire episode and not about convenience stores and not mention onigiri. So onigiri, right, the rice that's wrapped around things like uh, tuna salad or umeboshi, you know, and then wrapped in uh, nori, seaweed. You know, thinking about it, I really do understand why so many foreigners visiting, visiting why they have so many good things to say about kombini. I mean, because obviously I've been talking for the last half hour about kombini, so I have a lot to say about them too, apparently. And I hope I was able to contribute something new to the conversation about onigiri. About onigiri. No, it's about kombini. Onigiri at the kombini. Good stuff. So I'm starting to get a little weird. That's where we're going to stop for today. I've just talked for way too long about convenience stores. So please remember to subscribe, rate, review, share. Get a friend to do the same. You can find the Twitter for this podcast at Just Another Cast, right? Cast as in podcast, at Just Another Cast. So please at me with your favorite convenience store foods. Hashtag Kombini Life, hashtag I Love Seiko Mart, or whatever hashtag you want to use. Make up your own hashtags. There are no rules about hashtags. Anyway, you can email questions, comments, and suggestions to Just Another Jerk at, sorry, Just Another Jerk Podcast at gmail.com just another jerk podcast at gmail.com there's also a facebook page search for just another jerk podcast and you should be able to find it like it and follow the page over there too and as i've mentioned we're finally on spotify so spotifyers you can find me over there and on that note i'm out peace